What's going on, Los Angeles? Welcome into the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network, your destination for Los Angeles football, and obviously your home for Los Angeles Rams football. Season's over, but the offseason is just beginning. Sometimes that means the fun is just beginning. It's going to be a tremendous offseason, all offseason long here at the LA Football Network. Tons of coverage for your Rams. Um, Senior Bowl coming up. Rams have a first-round draft pick. I mean, this is the first time we get to talk about a first-round pick for now. We'll see if that changes, but we have stuff of that, that free agency coming up, obviously some big names uh, in, in free agency on the Rams and not on the Rams who they can go after uh, the combines coming up after that uh, or the combine, I guess will be right after or right before free agency opens, but um, just kind of piggybacking off that and obviously the draft. So tons of stuff to get into today. We're going to talk, uh, you know, some, some awards were, were given out or announced from pro football writers of America. I'm not the NFL honors, not the, the true, I guess, uh, rookie of the year and stuff, but some of those, you know, still symbolic gestures, I guess, if you will. So we'll talk about some of that and and some other things as we get into it. But as always, let me welcome in the co-hostess with the mostess, repping a beautiful LAFB hoodie. You can get at your local LAFBnetwork.com store. By local, I mean, you got to go to LAFBnetwork.com, go to the LAFB locker room. But my man, Skinny T, what's up, brother? Man, I'm doing good. We were talking uh, Super Bowl Radio Row. We're talking Combine Trip. We're talking uh, all these uh, fun and exciting things we get to do as uh, members of sports media. But I do feel a little bit slighted. Uh, you talking down to the Pro Football Writers of America, mm-hmm. an institution of 60 years that I belong to, proud proud member of, of, the, of the association. You have a card, uh, right? So, you know, I, I, I don't have a card. <laughs> I you need a card. Lie. You got to make you one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna print one up. I have I have yeah. emails. I have I have proof. <laughs> I pay dues, so that's all in there. But uh, yeah, these 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 awards are you know I I voted, you know I voted across the board. Uh, you know and tried oh, to get everything. Okay. The only one I couldn't think of was uh, who was the comeback player of the year. I couldn't think of who that should be. You know, like like the odds are like Joe Flacco winning that. And I don't know if that's like necessarily a comeback player of the year, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Is DeMar um, Hamlin still like on that list? Is he still I mean, a favorite or did it kind of tepper down after the season went on? I yeah, it must. I think it, it's he's probably still up there. I think I saw his name up there as well. But I mean, he I don't know if he played much. Uh, for I mean, the Bills. He didn't. I mean, I, he was like the the de facto winner when you almost die and, and come back, I guess. And I'm not saying that lightly, <laughs> but in terms of play, you know, it's he probably didn't deserve it, but you know, anyway, that's a whole different conversation. But anyway, I didn't know you actually voted too. That's awesome. Congrats. How was that process? Like, uh, you know, it's, they have, they have a ton of lists. So they have, um, you know, you pick your main awards, just the bullet points, and then you go through, uh, you know, all NFL, all uh, NFC, all AFC, all rookie team. Uh, so it's, you know, you know, it took it took a little while, and I like to give it some thought. And I don't, I don't like, you know me. I got to go with like some hipster picks. I I don't want to just go with chalk. I like to find, you know, some some guys that are maybe uh, you know not going to get a lot of votes. Like Trey Hendrickson, I voted for him for, uh, you know, all NFL. I thought he had a really great year, and you know, some of the underlying metrics for him really pointed it out. But you know, you look at who got um, all rookie, and they kind of went they kind of went all chalk um uh for the rookie for the rookie picks denied kobe turner uh defensive rookie of the year i think that was the that that was one big snub and then puka nakua was uh, he he did not make uh the first the the all nfl honors 
uh, from the pro football writers. And um, he didn't get even uh, first team uh, all NFC either. Uh, so, yeah, but Kobe Turner, that's, the, that's the big one. I think, you know, Will Anderson, third overall pick, um, you know, had a good year. Uh, you know, I think the more interesting one was for us anyway, was CJ Stroud versus Puka Nakua and CJ Stroud. You know, I think that race came down to the wire and I think, uh, CJ Stroud is going to get that award, uh, did mm-hmm. a fantastic job and then continued to prove it in the playoffs. Um, had a, but, uh, yeah, for me, Kobe Turner, is is just a was a better defender as a rookie uh regardless of who you're playing next to you know lower lower draft pick uh but just had a really phenomenal season and and really came on in the later half of the season and really pushed and 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 just from a numbers uh standpoint he's you know uh, above uh uh will anderson and just a lot of the counting metrics so what are your thoughts on, on kind of those two snubs yeah, you know, just to let everyone know, they did all those guys mentioned Puka, Kobe, um, including um, uh, Byron Young, uh, and uh, I think that was it. They did make the all rookie team, um, yeah. so they were on that. But yeah, I'm a little surprised Puka didn't make you know all NFC team or anything like that. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I truly I know the the Puka CJ Stroud is a is a volatile conversation. And, you know, Rams fans will all, will all say Puka and probably the rest of the NFL fans will say CJ. I get it. We've talked about that at nauseum, so I don't need to get into that. Um, but, but the Kobe Turner one, I mean, and let me ask you this before I even talk about the numbers as, as me is coming to say hi here. Um, I mean, do you think it is, is mostly just draft bias? I mean, a third round pick versus a third overall pick? Because to me, the numbers, just look at the numbers and it's like, every almost categorically across the board kobe turner has won and not to mention dude's got some pipes singing the national anthem last night at the la kings game shout out rams night at the kings game here in los angeles rep in la and he sang the natty love that the national anthem but just when you look at the numbers it's like he's he's better so is this just a case of bias by draft stock well, you know, you look at any election, uh, whether that be a political election or voting for this kind of thing, name recognition is always going to get you a lot further um, than numbers are, you know, um, and Will Anderson, ev- everybody from from sea to shining sea uh, is uh, knows Will Anderson just because the the trade kerfuffle that went on before he was picked. And then then that. Wait, big wait, pick. Wait, wait. What did, did you say? Kerfuffle? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. No, I'm just shutting it out. Sorry. Catch you off your train of thought, but that was that was that was beautiful. Are you, are you questioning my word choice? <laughs> I'm not questioning it. I'm just uh I mean I'm praising it. Kerfuffle. Oh, I'm gonna use that today in an article. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there was there's a lot of noise, you know, because they traded up to get him. And you know, and I, again, you can't take anything away from the guy. Um, but you know, just you know, and, and Kobe Turner was just a uh, kind of an unknown name coming in into the year, and you know the the Rams defense specifically wasn't getting a lot of um, got getting a lot of attention. Um, so, unfortunately for for him, he's just kind of fighting an uphill battle against it. But um, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see next year what happens. I think that's you know that's the as the as the the body of work continues to grow, if he's able to continue this trajectory that he's on, 
um, is he's going to have a phenomenal career. So, you know, we're always going to sound like homers because we're defending our guy and we just watch a lot more Rams than I think a lot of the, the rest of the national media does. Um, so then there wasn't a clear and decisive winner for it. There wasn't anybody that really blew everybody out of the water. So he's, you know, like I said, he's just fighting an uphill battle. You know, had he had he had the same trajectory from week one rather than week seven or eight or whatever it was that he just really started to come on. Um, but, you know, just a, just another feather in the cap of the Rams. They have the, the most rookie selections on the all rookie team, you know, and these aren't none of them are first rounders. Um, you know, everybody's, you know, looking good. So. Yeah. I think, yeah, I just, I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You look, as we mentioned, we'll just give the numbers. When you look statistically, you know, Will Anderson, great year, 40 total tackles, 34 of those solo um, with seven sacks. Kobe Turner finished with 45 tackles, 32 solo. Uh, PFF is saying 11 sacks. I feel like that's not accurate. Um, they always pump their stack sack numbers up a little bit. Yeah. So I, but he had what, nine and a half actually, or 10? Nine and a half. Just, yeah. yeah. So I don't know where the 11 came from, but either way, more than, more than Will Anderson, the, the one like lone difference really was pressures. And you look at Kobe Turner with 48 and Will Anderson with 59, but that's coming from a, you know, edge position versus a interior defensive lineman. So yeah, I think it was a little bit of, of draft stock bias and a little bit of Kobe Turner playing next to Aaron Donald. And for whatever reason, they're, they're saying that maybe had something to do with it. So I think Kirby Turner should have should have won this one. I think he should win the big one. This is probably an indicator of how the actual, not the actual, but how the NFL honors awards will go as well, I bet. So unfortunate, but hey, still made the all-rookie team. Um, he's number one in our hearts here in Los Angeles. He's the rookie of the year in our hearts and uh, just a tremendous, tremendous season. So hats off to all those Rams. Rams rookies and this lessony draft class that, uh, you know, is just, I think one of the best in the NFL this season. And we've seen enough now, you know, we talked all season skinny, like, okay, you know, it's looked great, but we got to see, you know, it's a small sample size and, you know, you got to stack years now. Can't just have one great year, but I think 17 games, 18 games with the playoff game, we've seen enough to say, this is a really, really good draft class. And depending on how the coaching changes go this off season, we'll probably only get better. So Kobe Turner, that being said, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens with his development now with coach Henderson at USC. And obviously a big part, I think of his improvement was the back half of the year after being in that coaching stable with, with coach Henny and obviously having the tutelage of Aaron Donald and whatnot, but who the Rams bring in to be the new D line coach and to kind of continue his, his uh, projection and or um, his profession, I think will be really interesting to make sure he doesn't get stagnant, but continues to just rise that level. That'll be kind of the next interesting domino to fall. Yeah, definitely. And just to, just to put a cap on it, uh, this less need draft class uh, for this P, uh, pro football's writers of America, um, all rookie team, Steve Avila, second round, uh, Kobe Turner, Byron Young and Puka Nakua, all making uh, the all rookie team. Uh, most uh, most selections for any team uh, on this roster. So just a fantastic by uh, job by Les Need heading into this year's draft, 2024 draft, ten picks already, including that first rounder. Um, but uh, last week, Les Need had his season-ending uh, press conference uh, with the gaggle there, um, and uh, you know made made some interesting news. Uh, he still vows that he will, in fact. F those picks 
he'll trade <laughs> that first round pick um, for something. Uh, we don't know what yeah. uh, what he's interested in that. Um, but uh, what what are your thoughts just on what he might want to do with that first round draft pick? Is he picking up a defensive piece with that? Is he picking up an offensive piece? Or do you think he would trade back and add to that 10, you know, that already big stable last year, he had 11 picks this year. He's got 10. He could add to that by trading back. What are your, what are your thoughts? What do you, what do you think he w- would do? What do you want him to do? Yeah, I know. I love that. He, I love that. He's just leaning into that mantra and just like reps it, reps it hard, like a badge of honor as he should, as he should, you know, um, it's ironic. And we're getting a piece up on, uh, LA network on this, how, you know, Brandon Bean, GM of the, of the bills, little less than a year ago, I think it was in March of last year, came out and said, like, like, we're going to build this team the right way. So we don't end up like the Rams situation and like notably called out the Rams and, and how they roster constructed and that they were going to be in, in hell basically this year, not just for the cap, but in terms of talent discrepancy because of what they had to do in offloading all their talent. And, you know, they won ultimately one more playoff game and are both home now. And now they're in cap hell because they're paying uh, Josh Allen 47 million or whatever starting next year. So uh, I think Les Snead has proven that when you have a capable quarterback, not just capable, a very good quarterback, you have one of the best cultural and offensive minds as a head coach, and you have a front office that fully supports your vision and your buy-in. You can really kind of do whatever you want and have success. Now, obviously, you want to have more success than they had this year of just one playoff game. It's the goal is always Super Bowls, especially with someone like Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay. But to be able to have that turnover in one year, still make the playoffs, and now going to 24 with all that ammo to be a not just a true contender, but maybe the top contender in the NFC, depending on what happens with, with uh, San Francisco and whatnot this offseason, is truly remarkable. So long-winded to get to your actual question. Um, just, just, what quick, they- just a quick point on the bills. They are currently $43 million in the red uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to the salary cap, uh, fourth worst in the league, uh, and the Rams are $25 million under the cap right now. Yeah. Like, so, why, anyway, why do, why do GMs even say stuff like that? Like, do they know we can just look up the numbers? Like, we can just look where they're actually at. <laughs> not not only that, but there's only 32 teams. Like, if <laughs> if Mr. Bean loses his job, um, you know, in the next Cronk couple of years, yeah, like you know, it's just you know, it's it's a small world. Don't burn any bridges. Don't call anybody out before uh, you're sure how good your team is going to be. You know, it's not like Les Need is out there calling anybody out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Anyway, and and you know, teams it. like teams like the Niners are kind of uh, copying the Rams formula and going like the all-in approach and and adding top-tier talent in free agency. So, they, where do they? I, I should have this in front of me, but right now, as it stands, are they sitting at 19? 19 overall? Yep. 19. Nineteen yep. um, is a tough, tough spot because obviously this is going to be a quarterback-heavy draft class, and so there's the definite chances of a premier player like. You, you wrote an article on it, like a Layatu Latu potentially falling to them at 19, which would be a slam dunk. Like that, I'd be like, do not trade 19. Like if you can get a Latu. But there's also teams like I know the Broncos sitting at 12. And I think Mel Kuyper's mock, just not that I'm not saying Mel Kuyper's the, the source for all news, but Mel Kuyper's mock came out and he had the Broncos taking Latu at, at 19. Um, and so, which I, you know, Knowing the Broncos, I don't think that's a huge need as edge rush. But again, if you have a lot to there, you might get them. But anyway, that being said, I'm really curious what can happen 
at 19 because of all the quarterbacks, the run of quarterbacks we'll see go. That being said, the positions that I think they need the most in terms of corner and edge, as we talked on our last show, are probably the two biggest ones early in those rounds. It's maybe not, and I haven't got dove deep into draft coverage yet. So, you know, I may correct this stance in a month, but it, they, those don't seem like extremely deep classes, at least at the top of the draft. So, if a lot to, if a Kool Aid McKinstry, if some of these other guys end up going early and they, they hold at 19, they may, you know, get a player that doesn't necessarily fill their needs. They might just go BPA or that's when they would trade back, I think. So, but based on trading the first round before the draft for top end talent, let me just toss it back to you since I've already been talking. Is there a player out there that you could see them prioritizing off the top of your head? You know, this we haven't dove a ton of de- research, but when you have guys like Brian Burns and Josh Allen in free agency, like you don't need to trade for those guys. Um, I haven't totally looked at the corner market yet, as we'll get into that more, but I don't know if there's necessarily a corner out there that they need to go and trade a first round pick to go and get an ad. Um, and whatnot. So I, I just don't know if there's value out there to ditch to ditch a first round pick for, you know, a, an already locked in position player. But what do you think? Well, I I did write a little article about this and threw some some names out there. And and some of them are a little bit crazy, but when you're talking first round picks, um, a lot of teams are gonna value that very highly. Um, you know, so uh, offensively, I identified a couple of positions that they could go after. Uh, tight end being one of them. And the names that I picked there are Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson. Um, now, you know, the Falcons are kind of going through some rebuilding there, uh, you know, and it depends on, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. Maybe he, he wants to get out of there. He hasn't really been utilized. He wasn't utilized by Arthur Smith. Is he going to be utilized similarly? Um, you know, and, and, you know, you look at Minnesota, they might be, going into a full rebuild, depending on what they want to do with, um, uh, Kyle, um, uh, Kirk cousins. Um, mm-hmm. so those, you know, those are kind of interesting name names for me. Um, you know, wide receiver is something, you know, George Pickens and, and Deontay Johnson have both, uh, talked about, you know, their displeasure with, uh, being in Pittsburgh, not getting enough, um, uh, targets there and not get, getting enough touches. Devonte Adams, you know, what, what's going on in Las Vegas is, you know, you know, these, these are just kind of names that have, you know, like they might, they might want to get out of there. Uh, you know, uh, Rasul Douglas and Paulson Adebo as cornerbacks, uh, Harold Landry and Hi- Alex Highsmith. Um, you know, these are all just kind of names that I'm pulling out of a hat, you know, um, yeah. just thinking that maybe, uh, there's, a, there's a way that could, they could be dislodged. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're available. I don't know if they want to be traded, but those are all of those players are kind of in a position where their teams are kind of in flux right now. We're not really sure what's happening in Pittsburgh. We're not really sure, um, you know, and, you know, getting, getting high end edge talent is probably the hardest one out there. Um, yeah. And, costumes. you know, finding it. Yeah, exactly. So draft capital or salary. Yeah. And, and so that, that might be their best option to get a, a, a established uh, producer of, at edge rusher. So I kind of, I kind of like it for that idea. And all of those are just, you know, I'm not saying that they're all possible, but you know, you think back to, you know, 
Jalen Ramsey was ha- unhappy uh, playing for the Jaguars, and he went for a first rounder. So, yeah, um, two, I believe, right? <laughs> yeah, two. <laughs> he was also, so I, I think, think, only 24 at the time. So, age makes a difference, too, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's vowed to do it. Uh, and the, the door is open to do it. And, um, you know, it, it does, it opens the door to all, all kinds of exciting, exciting trades. And, and those guys, especially on the defensive side, I don't think you're finding that, um, you're not finding that in the draft and mm-hmm. also tight, tight end is, is a position that takes years to kind of develop and, 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 you know, get comfortable in that position. So getting a, a, a tight end that knows how to operate in the offense that can, you know, t- Tyler Higbee might be out for a, a chunk of the season and he, he kind of turned, he kind of turned into glass. So, you know, yeah. finding a, a qualified replacement for him, it might be become a top priority sooner than later. You got no, uh, no faith in David Allen, Davis Allen. I've got a lot of faith in David Davis Allen. We could talk about Nick Cali as well, who's getting some attention as a yeah. uh, offensive coordinator position. He's the Rams um, uh, tight ends coach currently. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe we can we can pivot talking about um, the coaching changes that they might be facing. But yeah, I mean, those are just my thoughts on uh, trading yeah. back as, as some of the the uh, ideas that could um, you know could could become Rams players. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll percolate over and, and look way deeper. I want to have, we'll have an episode probably here soon. Um, where we really dive into some potential targets. This was a topic we want to just touch on quickly. So I apologize, um, that it's not like super thought out, uh, but just cause Les Snead did say it in his exit interview, kind of like, you know, it gets you thinking. And I, I think just on the surface, you know, Go after Brian Burns or Josh Allen free agency. See what that market's going to look like and cost. You wrote an article on it. Burns is going to cost, you know, most if not all of the available cap space. But if you think that's enough of a game changer to add to the roster, then you go do it, and then you keep all your picks. So you don't have to worry about it. In terms of trading for a player, off the top of my head, the only one that I think is worth picking up the phone for right now. Again, we'll we'll, we'll dive deeper into it, so I'll probably change the stance. And it's been reported many times that this team has no interest in moving on from him. But I would at least call the Broncos about Pat Sertan because that's like the true young, dominant corner um, and a team that is in a lot of flux about what their future is going to look like in terms of, you know, Russell Wilson and quarterback. And maybe if they can double down on some some first-round picks, they can trade up and go get a quarterback. So, you know, it could be an enticing phone call of like, hey, what do you want for Pat in terms of helping your your offense and, and giving Sean Payton what he needs on offense? I don't think the Broncos will do it. They've said many times, like, Pat's like the cornerstone of the of the team. But that would be the only one in terms of trading that first-round pick. I would I would feel good about the Rams picking up the phone and calling right now on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great idea as well. Um, definitely worth a phone call or two, uh, see what, uh, see what the Broncos are thinking. And just to kind of round out the, the, the exit interview, the, the year end interview, um, uh, he's fully confident that, uh, the, the weight bearing walls, as he likes to call them are returning Cooper cup, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, they're all coming back. Um, yep. That's all. That's all good news. Uh, uh, Sean McVay has also expressed that he's he's back. He's full in. He's not uh, talking about moving to uh, uh, media just quite yet at the moment. Um, big news, kind of in terms of wanting to re-sign players, extending Ernest Jones, and they want to keep Kevin Dotson. No yeah. word um, on Demarcus Robinson yet, though. 
Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on any of those kind of bullet points? Yeah, I mean, definitely, we've talked about it before, huge priority to get Jones and Dotson back. I mean, that, that's got to be, if, if the Rams don't sign any big-name guys but re-sign those, I think it's a win, this free agency. I think that's the, the biggest thing. they got to make sure they happen, and if that uses all the cap, then so be it, because I think that's they're that important. Kevin Dotson was that good on the offensive line, and Ernest Jones is basically the new kind of face of the defense, and I know you are bullish on him, and he was. we thought he was snubbed from the from the Pro Bowl based on not just his statistics, but his style of play and what he means to this defense. So those have to be priority 1A and 1B, I think. Coleman Shelton, I think I saw, is also has like a, an option on his contract that he can opt out of, so potentially need to re-sign him or go look at the center market. Um I would I would be bullish on bringing him back just to keep the continuity there of a group that was finally starting to gel and, and play well. Um, but to me, we talked about Brian Burns. We talked about Josh Allen. We talked about, you know, trading for Pat Sertan, in my opinion. And the fact that Lesney actually mentioned this, which I don't think he does often, those are the most important things first and foremost. Dotson, Jones, even Shelton, and then you can go outside the doors and, and look open. But I hope they really do prioritize those, and it seems like they are. Yeah, definitely. And and last thing I'll mention on the less need thing is he started it off with a three minute effusive mm. praise of Raheem Morris. He wants him out the door. He wants him hired. And he wants him to have he wants Raheem to have a head coaching opportunity again. And you and I are both on the record. We love what he's done. Uh, you know, I've seen another other media saying that maybe 2023 wasn't his uh his his best effort with the defense and i would just completely uh yeah. say that the complete opposite is taking you know all of these uh, this ragtag group this young group inexperienced group everything that we've we've said all season just done a phenomenal job and and yeah. and go go watch it cuz he just he just talks about one how good of a person he is um, how he connects with everybody in the building from, uh, you know, the the kit man up to, uh, you know, uh, Stan Kroenke, probably everybody loves this guy. You know, I've yeah. I've ho- hollered to him from the sidelines of of uh, training camp and he uh, always gives me a big smile and, and, you know, says what's up and just, you know that's the kind of guy you want leading the team. Um, you know, he, he praised his football IQ and just as a Q in general, as a, just a, a incredibly smart human being that just yeah. chose football as his profession. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if there's a lot more, more we can say about that. So, uh, you know, no, the coaching I, carousel is, is spinning and, and, and people are getting hired. So we'll see what yeah, happens. Always is. No, I, I love that. And, you know, McVeigh has even said that, and I think Les maybe even echoed this, how, Raheem Morris was a huge factor in getting McVay just through the 2022 season, able to kind of lean on him, his friendship, his tutelage, his football leadership. When McVay was kind of going through those, those dark times a bit in 22 and Raheem Morris really stepped up and took over some responsibility, but also was just a, a factor in, in, you know, off the field and, and helping McVay get through it. And what I love about this organization and what I love about covering this organization is you know, everyone talks about the McVeigh tree and everyone wanted to go pluck coaches from them. And obviously their success in the field, you know, alludes to that. But I think the way that they run from a leadership standpoint and the way they prop and praise their coaches up needs to be noted because while other coaches might, or other organizations, you know, might almost hide some of their coordinators or, or block from interviewing. I mean, think back to even after McVeigh's first year, uh, Matt LaFleur, went from the Rams OC to the Titans OC. It was a lateral move, but he went from being the Rams OC to being able to call the plays, the Titans OC. And then one year later, he's the Green Bay Packers head coach. The Rams could have blocked that. 
I mean, that was, that was McVay's friend. That was kind of his driving force as a first time head coach. And they say, no, go, go get yours. And we want to see you grow and blossom. And they ran a Staley after one year gets head coach. They couldn't obviously block that, but it's like, they are the driving sports as an organization to prop up their coaches. And I know there's been, and we've talked about it. There's been interesting situations where they might not promote from within. And so that's kind of an interesting talking point. And we talked about, I think on the last show, or maybe two shows ago, about after, you know, coach Henderson leaving for USC. And I think there's a different thought process. I don't want to dive too much into we talked about. I think it's more of bringing in different thinkers into coordinators, as opposed to elevating the same thought mind that don't challenge you. We saw the disaster in Philly, right? Like they, they lose both their coordinators last year. They promote from within from a DB coach and a QB coach. And it's just a disaster. Now both those coaches are gone and they're bringing in different thought processes to kind of replace it. I think the Rams and McVay have said, you know what, we're going to bring someone else in to be the coordinators, but we want all of our guys and position coaches to get elevated throughout the league based on what we're teaching here culturally. So don't want to get long winded, but I just think it's so impressive from a leadership standpoint, what this organization does uh, for their brass and how they're able to you know, prop up all their, their coaches and players. And, you know, we may see a decade from now when, you know, the entire league has Rams influence, you know, throughout it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's amazing already to see just how many guys are out there. Uh, Shane Waldron just moved from uh, Seattle over to the bears and you got Kevin Connell and LaFleur yeah. and, you know, they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere now. And uh, it'll continue to be that way. And and speaking of which uh, the new England Patriots, uh, Gerard Mayo, just to, well, he wants to get his hands in the uh, in the Rams business himself. Uh, he's getting uh, he should uh, quarter quarterbacks coach uh, um, Zach Robinson and uh, Nick Cayley, tight ends coach, who I, I talked about earlier, uh, requested an interview with both of them. Nick Cayley comes from uh, New England. Um, that was his last stop in the pros. Uh, you know, so he knows uh, Gerard Mayo uh, pretty well, and mm-hmm. um, you know. It's interesting, you know, tight end tight ends coach is one of those things that doesn't sound super important on a team, but you think about, you know, Arthur Smith, he was a he was a tight ends coach for John before he became OT. John McVay. Yeah. And um, you know, you, you know, there's a reason that everybody likes listening to Greg Olson call games. It's because he yeah. knows so much about it. And and tight ends, yeah. they really have to know, you know, they need to know run blocking, pass blocking. They know they need to know their route trees. Uh, they, they need to know what the running backs are doing. They're, they're just uh, so integrated. And that's why that's why it is. It takes a while for uh, tight ends to kind of catch on. A lot of times, Sam Laporta excused from that. Uh, he caught on pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> um, Real quick. But, uh, yeah. Real, just to cut it, that's, that's a great point. And you could... You could argue like the QB coach is always the sexy promotion to to OC because they, you know, are sometimes they call plays, they're with the quarterback. But the success rate, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I maybe we'll look into this for next episode of the tight end coach is actually maybe quite a bit better. When you look at even Arthur Smith, who was a tight end coach for the Raiders, became the OC for the Chargers, now the OC for the Dolphins and getting head coaching interviews. When you look at Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell was a tight end coach, uh, played tight end also. So, I mean, you mentioned Sean McVay, you mentioned Arthur Smith, who obviously didn't have a lot of success as a head coach, but was a good OC with the Titans before getting promoted. And and on down the line, we could maybe look, but it's a great point. And so Nick Cayley is probably a name that not a lot of people know, but he's getting interviews and Zach Robinson, another one that's they're They're both going to be tough to hang on to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, just to finish up on Kaylee, he also coached at, uh, well, he was a graduate assistant at John Carroll, which John Carroll has become this just grab basket yeah. for coaches across the league, which is really fascinating. And I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah. Um, 
but he also coached uh, going through college. He also coached on the defensive side, which is just a rare rarity. You don't see guys jumping back and forth between the two. You know, Raheem Morris is a guy that did that a little bit, but not to the extent that uh, that Kaylee did. So, you know, he, he's going to be tough to hang on to. Um, Zach Robinson worked for Shane Waldron. Um, he's he's actually a homegrown product uh, through L.A. He was a mm-hmm. he, he played quarterback at Oklahoma State uh, under the Gundy the Gundy uh, spread offense coaching tree or uh, uh, offense and uh, mm-hmm. then just jumped on, jumped on board with um, the Rams in, in 2019, I want to say. So That's he worked right, with Shane, Wal- Shane Walder and Kevin O'Connell. And he's kind of going up the ranks of that quarterback co- coach uh, thing. Uh, Shane Walder and, and, and O'Connell both did as well. So, yeah, uh, you know, th- this is nothing new. This is nothing new for the Rams. Um uh, Unfortunately, they'll have to probably replace at least one of those guys. Yeah. 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 I mean, you look, they'll replace one of those guys. They're going to have to replace, obviously, Henderson, and then they might be replacing Raheem Morris. So, um, nothing new. Always a challenge, but it's always fascinating what they do. So, um, but with that, uh, we'll wrap up this episode of the Rams Skinny. Um, hope everyone has had a great week. If there's any uh, certain topics you want us to do, drop it in the comments or, or hit us up on Twitter at RL Anderson LAFB at Ryan Dyard LAFB where you can hit the main account at LAFB Network or the Rams-specific account at Rams underscore LAFB. Obviously, YouTube is Rams LAFB. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. We're uh, we're almost to 1,000, trying to get there. Uh, we're getting great viewership. We're getting great engagement. We love it. Just want to get over 1,000, and then we can just keep building from there. So shameless shout out there. If you guys could help us out, that would mean the world to us. And obviously, all of our Rams coverage is on LAFBnetwork.com, uh, where our Good managing editor here, Skinny T, does a ton of Rams coverage, as do I, as do some of our other writers. So great stuff as always, Skinny T. Appreciate you, as always. Hair looks great, as always. The hoodie looks great, as always. You have a great day. Everyone out there, have a great day. Oh, go ahead. You were going to say something. Oh, I wasn't. Uh, I was just popping the collar because um, wow. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of what we've built. And, um, you know, thank you to everybody out there watching. Uh, I cannot believe... Uh, that we're in this position that we're in it's just amazing um yeah. and uh you know if you if if you want to interact on on youtube i'll I'll definitely uh get in the comments there uh, you know a lot of love in there so far <laughs> yeah well it's been cool and last thing i'll say is you know this particular show the ram skinny we started from zero in september so i mean it's only been about six months and so super appreciative of everyone um i'm not one of those guys that likes to drop our youtube numbers or page views on twitter I, I don't see the need for that but i'll say it here on the show just we appreciate it because we certainly helps us out and this is what uh you know we do for a living so we appreciate everyone and let's keep the train moving as the i guess the old people say that now it's not even a young thing anymore right keep the train moving <laughs> showing yeah, our keep, age keep the hoverboard moving <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i guess, yeah keep it pushing i don't know but anyway uh thank you all have a great week. We'll be back later in the week. Uh, we'll probably dive a lot more into some uh, free agent prospects. Maybe that'll be our, our coverage we'll do unless any breaking news happens. Um, and uh, but yeah, thank you all. Stay blessed. Stay good. We'll talk to you all in a couple of days. Um.